0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My T-Sharp, the podcast, a.k.a. the Black Awareness Rally Podcast. You can be rocking with anybody in the world right now, but you're here with us, and for that, we do appreciate you. It's your boy Pledge, alongside my main man, B, and we welcome
1: you to the discussion. What's going on, good people? Uh, Second episode of Up and running. wonderful Sunday afternoon. Uh, So this week, uh, we're going to go ahead and get straight into the Black Awareness Rally moments. I'm uh, glad you want to kick it off
0: or do all three of yours. Uh, yes. For the um, community announcement, i um, happy to see that enrollment has surged at historically black colleges and universities, which is a um, huge thing. I think that um, as a culture, people are um, coming together a little bit more often um, and I think it's a beautiful thing to see that, um, you know, we are choosing to be educated by our own um, so we can go out in the world and um, excel. All right. Um, my community award goes to
1: every and anybody that went out to see the Us film this weekend. We broke records, <clears throat> being the highest grossing original horror film of all time. So shout out to the entire community, culture, for supporting that, continuing to show Hollywood. Yo. Black stories written by black writers, directed by black directors, can bring
0: and bank. Keep it up. Yeah, I mean, of course, I saw it and we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. Um, we kind of had some um, different views on it. So it'd be an interesting conversation to discuss the dichotomy of, of how you saw it versus how I saw it. Which, which makes for good
1: podcasting. Just go ahead and put y'all on blast. Or I mean, put y'all on the game right now. Two out of three of my Black Awareness Rally moments come from that film. So let me go ahead and give you my second one. So the Bikini Contest, which, again, is when we recognize sisters out here doing outstanding things, being shining examples of Black excellence. My award goes to Lupita Youngo. Um, that job she did in the film playing two different actors yes. or characters, excuse me. Um, it's already getting nods for 2020 Oscar nominations. So I do think it's Oscar nomination worthy. Um, Again, my theory for that Oscar nod is you got to play a role that's just completely outside of what you usually do. Something that is strenuous, taxing, and who knows better than a person that has played multiple roles and be on film as a dancer, as uh, I guess we'll call them zombies. Are they zombies?
0: Uh, We'll get into that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this sister, she she put in that work. Oh, yes. uh, Completely different characters,
0: two different roles. So shout out to her. For that. Okay. My, uh, bikini contest winner this week, um, is a young lady by the name of Simone Askew. She, um, first, she was the first black woman, first captain at West Point, which is a major honor. And she continues to do great things, uh, being a leader. Um, this week she had a TEDx talk on, uh, which was titled Breaking Glass Ceilings and the Costs We Don't See. Um, which is a great 15-minute video. Um, so if you guys get a chance, um, look her up on YouTube, Simone Askew, Breaking Glass Ceilings and the Costs We Don't See. Um, I had the pleasure of working alongside her father, and he had some awesome things to say about her, as if any proud father does. But um, she's really out here doing her thing um, with her leadership at West Point, and she continues to make a difference and make an impact. So um, shout-out to Simone Askew.
1: Dope, dope, dope. That's actually something I'm about to check out. I ain't know much about that. Um, My Randy Watson, a.k.a. Arts nod for the week, goes to Shafiq Hussein. Uh, He just released another solo project. That is a producer slash musician slash, I guess, all around black brother. Um, I don't know how to categorize his music because it's definitely not hip hop. It's definitely not R&B. Um, I'm just going to call like our alternative indie soul because you got everybody from Erica Badu to Belial, um, Anderson Pack, <clears throat> quite a few people on there just all across the spectrum of that indie scene on the project. So y'all check that out. I just dropped it on Friday.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to, um, for my Randy Watson moment, I am going to um, celebrate the 20th anniversary of one of the greatest songs ever and that is juvenile's <laughs> own back that ass song oh, oh. aka the new negro spiritual <laughs> okay i you see that coming oh yes all right <laughs> i i was at a dinner with about 20 people last night oh, yeah. and the consensus was that it's in everybody's top five of all time and that's just for parties or just like repping? Just, just enjoying good music. Okay, okay, and that's I mean, and that's young people, um, generation wires all the way to the baby boomers. It's just a feel good song for Juvenile. Juvenile, yes, yes. <coughs> we've been we've been we've been backing <laughs> it up for twenty years now. Yeah, we have, man. Wow. So thanks to the OG Juvenile, who's still out here. He actually put out a new album, uh, I think. Last week or the week before. Oh, okay. So he's still out here uh, doing his thing or whatever. But thanks for 20 years of uh, backing it up. I'm saying cash money. Hey, yeah,
1: hey, shout out to Manny Fresh, too, on that. Because Manny Fresh definitely made that epic drop. You just sound like the orchestra was going to make a wild splash on the on the music of some soundtrack or some movie. Because that thing does sound real epic when you hear that first doom, doom, doom. You know, oh, you know, and they got an announcement too. Yeah, everybody dropped. And that Cash Money taken taking over
0: for the Damn. nine nine. Yo, that, that's that's actually kind of funny and, and dope at the same time. I'm pretty sure um, it brings back some feelings and some um, of some experiences that have you know happened you know maybe 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Hopefully, some good ones. Oh yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt. Yeah. I mean, dude, you can't be in a
1: bad mood when that song comes. Nah, out. It, I don't think. Anything else matters except making your way to the dance floor <laughs> when you hear the first 10 notes on that song. Because uh, I know I've been to plenty of weddings where that drop happened and everybody just started screaming,
0: oh, bleep. You know what I mean? Like, just, oh, yes. oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, that, I, dang. I can't never think of that. Speaking of that song at weddings, I think that song was particularly banned from my wedding for really? some reason. Yes. They didn't play at your wedding? I think either the DJ didn't have it or my wife told the DJ to say he didn't have it. Um, Dang. because I don't think, I don't think Reese did it like that. I think the DJ just, <laughs> about it. but I, but I don't, I don't remember that song being played at the wedding.
1: There's a clean version of There is a, was back, a clean the, version. back that thing up, you know, with the A. Yeah. So I'm assuming he just probably didn't know
0: it. I don't know. Yeah but either way it's a uh, you got like
1: four songs you gotta play at weddings you gotta play you know back that thing up or back that ass up you gotta play uh what's that Joy and Pain by Frankie and and Mays yes um I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how how accurate this list hold on, is hold on hold on hold on just this is like complete freestyle so we got we got we got juveniles back that ass up we got uh <coughs> Frankie Beverly Mays Joy and Pain um ah oh, man because I'm thinking. Do you want me to complete this list for you? Let's see what you got. Because I'm, I'm still You got to play
0: Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly. That's what I meant. Not Jordan pain. That's the only that's, spiritual. That's
1: the original. Excuse me. My bad. You know, I'm slipping. That's what I meant before I let go. Dang. Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Depending on where you at. Cause to then, be real. Really? Oh, yeah. At weddings? Yes. I ain't heard that played at too many weddings. Oh, BBD Poison. Uh, it, it that's gets, a little bit newer. It gets played a lot. It does get played a lot. It gets played a lot. We're going to Cha-Cha Slide.
0: Um, I would take the electric slide over the Cha-Cha Slide. The regular electric slide over the Cha-Cha Slide? Yes.
1: But I think once black people like, oh, we got a black version. When you're playing this other one, more. You, you don't think that's...
0: I think the electric slide is a black
1: version. Look, I work at an all-white school. <laughs> we had a few parties where the electric slide was not played, but the cha-cha
0: slide was played. I, th- I think black people might be mad that white people learn how to do the electric slide, and that's why we kind of moved on from the electric slide. that might like a, that cultural might be a Chicago thing?
1: thing that we stepping and sliding? You know, shout out to R. Kelly again Um, for putting it that is, like, it is more a- on the map.
0: Chicagoan um, thing to step. That is nah. that is very popular. Oh, yeah, okay, okay.
1: Well, all right, well that Well, that's that's my list. What, what's your list? You got? Um, as I said, we got we got back that ass
0: up. We got before I let go. To be real is one. Um, Encore is a beautiful song to be played. I don't a, think I've ever heard that at a club party though. Not a club party, not necessarily, but if it's an older crowd. Because that before I let it.
1: go and that uh, juvenile back to that stuff, so they get played at the club party. Like you can play them in mm-hmm. both environments and, and people will still have the same reaction.
0: So Yes.
1: I don't know. That's, that's interesting. We got to work on that. We got to work on that.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, and, and as I said, one thing interactive, give us your top five. Yeah. So we can hear what your top fives are um and compare and contrast. Yeah, no
1: no matter where you are, club, wedding, church, they will play it. Well, let me not say church. Barbecue. I'm, that's as almost as important as church in the black
0: community, so. Um and I will say that due to recent events <laughs> that my top 5 have changed. Two of my top 5 have been forced to be changed. <laughs> and um B knows what I'm referring to. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs>
1: We talked about it last week. Hopefully, y'all figure that out. All right, let's get into it. This week, um, we are diving into uh, Us, the film. I'm going to talk about that, uh, what we noticed, what we did not notice, what we think the ending meant. Um, again, does Lupita Youngo deserve an Oscar for what she did? I don't know. I think she does, but look looked darn good. And what's up with Winston Duke's character in the film, man? Was he just really that bad of a... A cornball on purpose, or is that time to? They trying to tell us, yo, this new climate where the sisters handling things and the brothers just out here being concerned with some in inconsequential things like making sure your boat and starting with the <laughs> white dude from work is more important than your family safety. So uh, let's kick it off. So for those of you who who haven't seen it or may not be familiar with it, um, us. Is the story of a black family, family of four, yes. going to
0: the mother's uh, old childhood home as a summer home, summer vacation home? I think we should put out the disclaimer that if you haven't seen it, we're going to completely oh, spoil. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, Listen. so if you haven't seen it by now, first of all, what have you been doing with your life? And then second of all, um, you know, we just gonna completely ruin the movie for you. Yeah, so. you had a
1: whole week. You ain't got nothing to do with your life. You know, what I mean, it don't take that long to see a movie that I'm sure you heard about by now. But uh further in the plot, the family goes to the beach house like normal and this particular year they decide to go to is that was that that wasn't Venice Beach. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz and the boardwalk and uh, the mom doesn't want to go because she's had a, a traumatic experience, which is shown in the opening scene of the film. And uh stuff started popping off. All of a sudden we see some dead people Bloody hands, and then later on that night, the family's out at the the house again, and there's these random strangers standing in the driveway holding hands, looking like the Jackson 5 or the Four Tops, because it was
0: all wearing the same. You saw the boots. I thought the boots was dope. Are you talking about the Jesus sandals? Oh, they was wearing sandals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The red joints? Nah, they was like some brown leather, (coughs) real Jesus-y sandals. Like, yeah. Oh, dang. I don't know if there's a correlation to anything with that, but yeah, that was... Uh,
1: Maybe it was free. I don't know. Because the sister started taking off running after the girl the little the daughter, so... Yes. And she was, she was keeping... But anyway, anyway. Getting too far in the weeds. So, uh, Jordan Peele is the director of that film. He's a black guy. Um, looks like he got to start through Saturday Night Live. Um, had a, a wildly popular show, uh Key and Peele show, which is where I discovered him. And he went on to become an award-winning director for the Get Out film. This is the second film. Um, it is a horror film um, with a splash of comedy. And he's come to be known as a brother that adds a lot of social commentary in his work. Um, if you look at his Ken Peel Peele stuff, there's a lot of social commentary when they're, you know, dealing with blacks. And then in his movies, definitely a lot of social commentary. And we're trying to figure out what Did the doppelganger family represent? What's their real-world connection? So, I got like nine different theories. uh, Pledge, you saw it last night. Yes, I did. And I got to admit, I was kind of sad. My dog said he came away, he didn't see nothing. (laughs) So he texted me last night, he's like, yo, I don't get it. But then he said he found out some new things after sleeping on it. So, let's go ahead and get us started. Let Let me hear what you got. We having this conversation first time on
0: the air. I don't believe in prepping. We're just going to shoot from the cuff and she would pop off. Yeah, so I, I did see it last night. I was kind of a uh, late comer to the movie. So I um, kind of had a, a week for people to talk about how great it was and how it was just so important for the culture and things of that nature. And honestly, I was a little bit let down because I didn't see it as, I, I think, You know, it was a good movie, but it just didn't live up to all the hype that I heard about it. Yeah, too much hype. Too much hype. So maybe if I would have seen it opening weekend before I heard all the hype, it would have been a tad bit of a better experience. But either way, it was a a good movie. Um, As I said, Mm -hmm. immediately afterwards, um, I didn't really see what everybody was saying. But then kind of after a night to sleep on it and then think about it. Um, today I do kind of see the, uh, dichotomy between, um, the families and the biggest thing for me, I think it's all about circumstance, um, that you are in and how, you know, we can be the same people, but due to our circumstances, we can live, um, completely different lives. That was kind of the biggest takeaway for me. Um, I did see kind of the, the, the class structure thing of, um, People born in different, you know, um, economic classes, having different opportunities in life. Talking about racism? Um, I think racism and classes were two different conversations.
1: Come on now. This this entire podcast is dedicated to that barbershop scene and coming to America where he's just talking cash money about black experience. So I was extremely inclined to think when I went into it, this brother, talking about racism. But, you know, this, this this your spot. Let me see what you got. Okay.
0: So, yeah, I mean, so I, I think that was the biggest thing. I mean, not nothing too much to expound on, but that was kind of the biggest takeaway is um, circumstance and class. Um, kind of the different lives that people could leave as far as the opportunities that are available to them, the choices that they have and um, things of that nature. So I just leave it there. Cool. Uh, I know you have a lot. To I got do. a lot. Well, you know, just, this is, this it, all so. I do though. Just, <laughs>
1: just overlooking stuff, overanalyzing, uh, contextualizing, you know what I mean? Hypothesizing all the other sizes. <laughs> I'd be on that. Uh, I definitely came away with the class struggle. I definitely came away with the, uh, one you sent this morning about being the better version of yourself. That was the very first thing I thought about. Because yes. I was like, yo, these are <clears throat> doppelgangers and, you know, they're trying to take each other's place. Yes. So I was like, yo, maybe they're just trying to say, yo, you know, you should be pushing yourself to be a better you. Yes. And, you know, bootstraps, don't just settle for beach houses in the summertime, you know, get out here and do some stuff. But
0: I mean, she did uh, refer to that um, when she was talking to her. She was like, you, you're you wasting these opportunities like you. You get to enjoy the sunshine.
1: She who? She who? Who are talking about?
0: Um, the main character, I, I'm sorry, I forget her name.
1: Uh, uh Red was the doppelganger.
0: Which yeah, my Lupita Youngo's character. Lupita Long, her doppelganger. Yeah. Her, which, which was a twist because it's actually. Hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold, on. Do <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We're going to get in that. Don't do
1: it yet. Not yet. Hold on. Okay. We're going to go all, we're going to work our way through these theories okay. to set
0: up what that part meant. Okay. So but she did kinda of refer to that saying, you know, kind of the um things that we kinda of take for granted are the are opportunities that um other people really cherish and, and make yeah. the most out yeah. of. So I think that is a um, a big thing as well as being, you know, us recognizing how fortunate and blessed we are. But right for us to also understand that um it's our responsibility to help those that are you know to help others come up as well so
1: yeah. um <clears throat> of course i'm a geek so a blurred, i guess whatever the cool term is for that right now but when i saw the film you know i immediately thought about uh classism as you, as you mentioned which is the people that have stuff and the people that don't have stuff you know coming up to uh pop off and trying to take over or replace people. I also thought a lot about the quote by Dr. King, the uh, riot is the voice of the unheard. Correct. Uh, or was the language, excuse me, the language of the unheard. So I was thinking of the people that were living on the ground as the unheard. Correct. Because that was definitely something uh, Lupita Youngo's doppelganger was trying to emphasize. You know, y'all know, you out here living and y'all taking it for granted. You know, meanwhile, we down here eating rabbits trying to get nourishment, and it's not working. We ain't even cooking it. We're just eating them raw. Yes. They still alive, basically. I don't know if that's some kind of, like, white people diet or something like that, but, you know, brothers like to burn stuff. And so uh, that was some symbolism in that for me. Um, Another thing that kind of stood out to me is how each individual family member dealt with their doppelganger differently. Correct. So um, I was having a discussion with one of my My brother's uh, Glenn, and he was telling me something that I just kind of overlooked. I was like, yo, that theory is super dope. Okay. Remember how the the son was the only one that controlled his doppelganger completely by sitting with it face to face. And then when he ultimately had to subdue his, he didn't even have to touch it. He didn't have to fight, struggle, any of that stuff. Yes. He just completely outwitted it by realizing it has to do exactly what I'm doing. Correct. So he was the first person to realize that if you confront your demons, you can confront you can control them, right? Instead of trying to run away from
0: them. Now so, does the father recognize that a little bit when he when the boat scene to where he purposely hits his head on the motor of the boat and the doppelganger does as well? Yes.
1: But why he had to get his leg broke before he figured out all of that?
0: Oh, so you're saying the son off the I because he
1: because he even had the uh, noticed the little toy he had. It was just a lighter. Yes, but uh, you know the Doppelganger's face was burned from yes. the mouth down. The son didn't want to talk about anything unless it was related to the lighter. Yes, uh, <clears throat> when they were in the closet scene, um, he took his mask off. His Doppelganger took his mask off. And he was like, "Yo, yes. put that back on, because uh-huh. that's that's a real tough for me to look at." So he put it back on. So it was just like he was completely once his mom told him what to do, he was Correct. completely in charge of. His doppelganger, and I took that to mean there's a monster, or you know, whatever negative side of your personality or yourself that you have to constantly be in control of, because you could just be out here doing all kind of unsavory things to other people or yourself and ruining your own life. So I, I thought that was one of the more interesting takeaways from the film, but. Uh, Jordan Peele himself said it, it could have been a lot of things, but the most prominent thing he wanted to talk about is how we decide to other, other people, which is disconnect ourselves from them and then turn them into villains. And then because we fear what they're going to do so much that we become monsters ourselves and then we attack them. So when he said that, he started putting like a a formula that you could substitute any kind of problem from society. And you know yes. everybody wants to talk about the political fallout that's happening across the world. Um, you know, fear that immigrants are going to come in and take your life. Um, being an old dude getting replaced by the new generation. You just all these different ways that that could be manifested in yes. the real world. So I just was like, yo, this this is like real heavy.
0: Yes, and I, and I think that's kind of the um, the impact of having. Um, somebody that looks just like you because when you can see yourself in a problem or you can see mm-hmm. yourself in a you know in, in certain situations or whatever, I think it makes you um, more empathetic to that yeah. person into that situation. So I think that's a real impact of using you know the same characters ideally. Um, yeah, okay. and, and I mean I, I think that's hence the name us, right because right. Um, you know we're all in this together. And um, so we're really not that different from each other. Oh, it could
1: have been a, 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 an abbreviation for United States, brother. What you think?
0: Both, I think it's a because um, it only
1: happened in the country.
0: Double entendre is, is that, that what the, that's called? Is that, I, I, I hope don't. I'm using that properly. Listen,
1: I just teach writing. I don't even. I don't know how to write. I don't know all the symbols and. Let me stop playing. Yes, that's a double entendre. Okay. I, <laughs> thank you for. <laughs> it, it is. A, it's a double okay, entendre because it
0: sounded really good and. When I said it, but it's, it's your true. reaction kind of... No, uh, no, no, no. You, you hit, it, <laughs> hit it on the
1: head. I learned that from Jay-Z though, not from school. Yeah,
0: that's where I heard it from. Yes, yeah,
1: so. where I heard it from. But, uh yo, I, I'm just... What you think about everybody's fallout from the film? Like, you've been seeing a lot in the news. I, don't, I know you're not as in the social media as I am. But I've been seeing a lot of split reactions. Like, a lot of people are saying oh, I get it, you know, this isn't just a horror film, it's a symbol to represent, you know, relations in the country. Then some people just like, I don't understand, it. that movie was stupid.
0: Um, I mean, I think that art is subjective, and I think this is a piece of art, and I think that that is the good thing about when things are not blatantly in your face, You can have, um, I think people should have conversations like what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. um, to kind of discuss um, things. So I think that's the beautiful thing about this movie is that it has has sparked conversations where people can discuss and and say, this is what I saw versus this is what you saw. And we have a conversation about things. So I I think that um, regardless of what, the director's vision of the movie was, mm-hmm. I think everybody can kind of come to their own conclusions or what they saw, and then not only come to those, but have a discussion about it. I think that's a beautiful thing about art, it being subjective, to where we can get different perspectives from different um, you know, people. Speaking of it.
1: the director's vision, I mean to cut you off. Speaking of the director's vision, uh, <clears throat> he was on a discussion panel And he was asked if he would ever cast a white dude because somebody noticed that he hasn't casted white people as leads in his films yet. And he was like, "Nah, he'll never cast. Well, he doesn't see himself casting a white man as the lead of any of his movies. And, you know, of course, there were some white tears shed over that one. And I thought it was great. This dude is constantly standing up for the culture. Um, Another thing I I saw that he said recently, and I noticed in the film, me and you were laughing about it, is the way that Lupita Youngo's character was written and Winston Duke's character was written. and We're talking about how the personalities are represented. Uh So Lupita's the, you know, after she deals with the reality that she got to fight a doppelganger, she starts becoming braver and braver and braver. And she's like, yo, this is my story. I got to handle this. You don't get to make no more decisions. Winston Duke character
0: but was she writing it wrong though, my
1: brother? Was
0: she, was she, was she, was she writing it wrong? Or? <laughs> you get too far
1: to the, get too far, man. Hold on. People trying to walk people there together. But then you was like, yo, why Winston Duke character was such a clutch? Why was his voice so, you know what I mean, how, how you put it? Cause I, I just want to say white bread, but you know, mm. that
0: might be wrong. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, <coughs> an. I, I mean, I think he wasn't trying to, Create a superhero. I think it, he was creating a normal, everyday um, father that is more relatable than what we normally see in movies. He wasn't the super cool dad, the, oh, you know, uh, my kids think I'm, you know, this super cool hero. Nah, he's a father that obviously takes care of his business because he's able to, you know, provide his family with nice things like vacations and things of that nature but, but you, yeah, his you, kids think he's corny. yeah and you, you so, said something about like uh, sound his
1: voice sound kind of lame or something like that yeah
0: like I'm not I'm not terribly familiar with um Winston's Winston Duke um so I didn't know if that was his voice or if they kind of um well,
1: let me say this. And
0: beat it up a little bit, or what? He,
1: he was in uh, Black Panther, hopefully you
0: saw yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah, he, I remember. I mean, but he was like, you know, a totally, it was like, almost like a- was a completely different person, a, right? A, a totally, on one end of the spectrum, so, where you're this, you know, big royal king. And, so he was
1: playing M'Baku. Yes. yes that's his name, M'Baku. <laughs> you know, he he had all the, the you know, the bass. Yes. And, and the, the authority. Yes. And, and the, and the uh, control and, in his voice. And some humor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to eat you, feed you to me. Mc- Gorillas, he's like, no, nah, we vegetarians. I mean, vegans, but uh, no, I, I definitely noticed that. I was like, yo, they, they're playing this dude as, like, real klutzy. Like, yes. he, you know, he trying to, he more worried about money and stunting
0: status as well. Right,
1: right, right. Like, which, you know, that's American for anybody. But he's like, when it came time to handle business, he just was underestimating the threat.
0: Yes. And, and I think that one of the things that was pointed out to me, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take credit for seeing this myself, but it was pointed out to me by somebody else, was that when the family first came to visit, everything that he was offering them was, oh, do you want my money? Do you yeah, want my car. Tell when
1: they got in the house. Yes, everything yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah.
0: Everything that he was trying to give them was something of of a material value. Right, right, right. And. I think when you're dealing with people who are trying to strive for new opportunities, they're not looking for the material things. They're looking for opportunities yeah, to, yeah. you know, and so you're trying to buy them off. I mean, because when you, you know, when you're when you don't understand the struggle, you you think that that's what everybody's trying to get to. And just
1: just give me some money. Just, give me some straight. money.
0: And so I think that's one of the things that um, his character. That saw different, and I think the mom understood exactly what these people were coming for. Yeah. Now, and he was like, oh, if you're robbing me, it must be something that you want, so what can I give you to make this problem go away? And right, like, right. You can't, buy your, mean, this, can't right? buy your way out of this. You
1: can't buy your way out of this. That's even heavier. These people actually wanted equality. Yes. So, and, and representation. Yes. Definitely representation. Because uh, even though they were doppelgangers, you know, it's explained later in the film that these people weren't treated fairly. You know what I mean, they weren't given opportunities to do stuff because of how they looked, uh, which I thought was an, a, another thing that kind of tied into race.
0: I think that the term they used, they were tethered. Tethered. To which is, other people's if you're not, yeah, If you're not familiar with that term,
1: it's, it's connectedness, a bond, right? Yes. So it's like tether ball. It's a game that most schools have. In their courtyard or their uh, what do you call it a resource area, whatever you want to call it, Yes. it's a pole and it has a at the top of the pole. There's a string or rope that's tied to a ball, and then you punch the ball, and that's the game. It's called tether ball. But in the film, it was saying that these these spirits or these people were tethered to each other because they were basically saying two souls, no one soul, two bodies. Correct. Uh, but that that's now I didn't think of the underrepresentation. Scene when Winston Duke was trying to just buy his way out of the problem. Yes. Because this dude never took it serious. No. Like he was just looking at it like, this is a financial problem. Like even after his leg had got broken, he was still like, yo, just take the money. Yes. And his wife was like, Negro. So this is why I was, I was wondering why I was watching it. I'm going to see it again, but this is why I'm wondering. Is Jordan Peele making a comment on the transition of power from a male led society to a female led society? Was that a dynamic that you picked up in the film?
0: I mean, at one point, he did say, uh, Winston Duke's character did say, Your mother, what did he say? She has all the answers or she'll figure it out? Or what was the exact phrase that she I, used? I,
1: that I missed that one because it was too small. At one
0: point, he did say that, you know, when him. And the son went in. No, when him and the daughter went into the ambulance, um, truck. Oh
1: yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: he just said, you know, he at that your point, figured out, yeah. He just re- relinquished all hope and effort, and just said, "We just gonna wait here, and your mother figure it out." Yeah. And so I think that was, and I and I think that if you see the dynamic of a lot of um, real families mm-hmm. or you know modern day families, that 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 dynamic is, is, does come to life a lot of times, so.
1: Yeah. Yo, that film is heavy, heavy, heavy with a lot of uh, symbolism, a lot of themes. Um, it just kept jumping back and forth between a lot of different things. Um, I was kind of disappointed that he brought other families into it and there were other doppelgangers, but I get the point because he still wanted to make it about America, not just necessarily that particular family. So, yeah. Uh, You know, shout out to him for having the insight to do that, to be more inclusive in the film. Because how can we have a a constant message about inclusion and then we don't include them into, you know, our works of art. Now, I love that he said, (coughs) well, he showed that the family, although the family was included in the story, they still weren't. They were plot devices, which means the only reason it was in the movie was to help us get the story moving a little further. So, you know, that was just there for us. To have our characters learn more. Correct. The thing that you want to talk about (coughs) was when the son noticed that his mama wasn't quite right when she went back in the house for the keys to the whip. When she was killing the, uh, she wasn't killing her doppelganger, she was killing the white girl, one of the twins. Yes. And he looked at it and he was like, yo, mom's is enjoying killing too much. And he was just like kind of shook because that's when he started to realize this ain't my mama. Oh, or or it is his mama, but something's wrong with mama. Right. Yes. So what 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 do you, you want to get to this part by the end of the film? What go ahead and let everybody know.
0: Okay, so at the end of the film it is revealed that um, the young lady that goes into the House of Mirrors, who was um, you know, a part of, of the family, um, her doppel fights her and kind of takes over. And so her doppelganger is the one who actually grows up with the family. And you see that when the family goes to counseling, they're like, this isn't my daughter. And she actually smiles because that isn't the, the original, you know, that's not the same. That's daughter
1: the truth. Anymore. Like the, somebody caught on to it. Yeah. Right? So that's Which not I the didn't. same
0: daughter that went into that, um, that went into that house of mirrors. You're like, why well, she can't talk? A different one came out. And so, um, so I think that's why um, when all this stuff started to happen, she was kind of more in tune with what was going on because yeah, she even, though she, even though yeah. it was a very young age when she came out of that world, she was still um, cognizant that that world existed. And so she was uh, more up for battle. When when stuff when the bullets started to fly, she she was she was ready. You're saying. She was she was ready. Adelaide, her name was yeah. Adelaide. Uh,
1: that's the character name. I, that's actually uh, dang. I got to see the movie again because I, I saw it on the night before it opened. Well, I guess opening night. Did you see and, it on
0: bootleg, brother? Nah. Did you, did you not support the movie? No,
1: nah, I actually went and paid what seventeen dollars. Oh, okay. I went to one of them theaters. premium seats, huh? Yeah. Nah. where you get the food, the restaurant oh, okay. slash movie, the dining. Okay. Cinema experience, but I forget about that scene where she was in the window in the bedroom explaining this black cloud hanging over her. Yes. And she always get this eerie feeling like, dude, it's, it's a great movie because Jordan Peele was constantly dropping breadcrumbs to kind of let you know, this ain't the original Adelaide that went into the Funhouse, Right. And me just being so caught up on trying to figure out the social economic meaning of the film I was missing a lot of just great filmmaking. Yes. So, when you were saying that that part about she was like paranoid, it wasn't because she was paranoid because she was tripping. She was paranoid because she knew she was wrong the whole time. Yes. And that she was going to have to pay for that. She was perpetrating. Right. And the husband was like, yo, you know, none the wiser. He's like, yo, baby, calm down, baby. You know what I'm saying? Girl, I got... Listen. Come lay down. Let me make you feel good. You know what <laughs> I mean? And she was like, nigga, you ain't listening. I mean, which is our
0: answer for everything.
1: Not That's not mine. You know, <laughs> sisters, listen, when you come to me with your problems, I listen. Unfortunately, I, I, I turn in this counselor mode, and then y'all start looking to me for the other part that Winston was offering in the movie. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but the brother, you know, he didn't see it either, because that's the only person he had known. Correct. And I went to the bathroom to get some some relief real quick and came right back and i missed that part oh, okay. so a little bit of, uh like when they, when she went into the fun house i saw it but when i came back they was doing the zoom out from the rabbit cages so oh, okay. i missed like five okay. minutes
0: but I they didn't just, show anything besides her seeing her own self so, so i didn't even just, i didn't even see her see herself oh okay so you know i just but yeah they it. don't show it until the end to where <coughs> you realize to where some wrong know, the same person who went in was not the same person.
1: Now, what do you think that means? When we find out that Adelaide, aka Lupiango, is not the Adelaide that belonged to the black family at the at the carnival,
0: what do I think that means? Yeah,
1: do you think that means just it's just a sequel? Because the son, like we got the scene with the son, the closing scene is the sign. <coughs> sitting in the car looking at his mama like, "Yo," I think it means you several ain't right. Things
0: though, I think it means that
1: we're gonna get a sequel.
0: I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about just deeper metaphorical oh, meanings okay. to where it means that one, people that understand that there are two classes or two different worlds that people live in, they're more, uh, equipped to handle the real world.
1: Are you talking about the side?
0: I'm just talking about people in general, people who understand that there's people that live this way and people that live that way and they understand uh, both ways of life. Kind of they're, like a sensitivity able, to both. Because you see the, I mean, they just happen to be white people yeah. of privilege. Yeah. They died off immediately. Like, like just out of touch. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. I mean, they they, they they just didn't, they didn't stand a chance. No. Nah, because they didn't, they didn't understand. But you have this person, you know, Adelaide, who understood hey, this is these this is what this world's about. You know this other world, mm-hmm. um, this underground world that not too many people pay attention to. Right, she understood that she came from that she came from. Mm-hmm. She understood that, and she understood her new life, and she was able to thrive in both situations. Yeah, which I think is something that can point to how people can learn from other people and other people. You know, can learn and grow, mm-hmm. and then once they learn and grow. They're even more um, able to handle and deal with um, the world at large.
1: I'm kind of pissed, man, because I feel like the movie is so large that you're gonna have to write like essays about it. But then I even feel like essays ain't gonna be good enough because we've been talking for forty minutes.
0: Yeah, and, I don't feel like we got. And what's crazy is that as we continue to talk, more and more things come into the are coming to my mind of yeah. what. Um, What was exposed, so that's why I feel kind of silly for sending you that text soon as as the movie was over, saying, "Oh, I didn't
1: get it." Well, I personally, I wasn't offended because I was like, "Your players don't really see these kind of movies that often, like, because you usually see like the Johnsons coming home. What's the Johnson reunion? Are we there
0: yet?" If I can't walk out of my front door and see it in real life, I usually don't go to the movie theaters to watch it.
1: So he ain't seen none of the Captain. America, Iron Man, Avenger joints. Except saying, for your kids, you probably your kids probably seen it, right?
0: Um, yes. And I was thinking about that the other day. I need to like if like the reason why I don't watch it now is because I feel like like whenever I watch something, I want to watch something from the beginning. Oh yeah, you, you're too late. And so. so I feel like I've come to the party too late. So I'm coming in the middle of it. I never like to enjoy something like that if I want. So I feel like unless there's like a a prescription Cliff. that somebody can give me to say, "Hey, start here and work your way through there." I, th- I think it's just too late.
1: You don't want to watch all twenty-one films
0: if that's what I have to do. But it's I forty need, hours, man. I just need to know the 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 progression um, of
1: all of. Them. You could technically you could start, uh, and it's crazy. You would have to start with. There's a YouTube video with. The chronological order of all the events okay. or the movies, but of course the movies didn't come out like two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. They was jumping around in the story. So oh, okay, and then honestly, a lot of the movies are trash. Oh
0: okay. So yeah. So I, you I'm could just, just
1: see you could just see uh you could see the four Avenger movies, um uh, and you can see like uh you got to see Black Panther. You saw Black Panther, right? Yeah. And, although they had nothing to do with the Avengers per se, but um. Yeah, just, just see the four Avenger movies. Uh, see um, Captain Marvel. Okay. And you should be straight. Uh right. And everything else would just be on, on on you to just enjoy. But, um, yo, we talked last week about finding the R&B for people to listen to that just want to get into some companionship mode type music. Yes. Um, I don't listen to these people currently because, you know, my taste is like super duper picky. Yes. Uh, borderline elitist when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff, but uh, there's a brother by the name of Fonte, P H O N T E. He just dropped the album. What okay. It's a it's like an EP, which means it's like less than thirty minutes long. But um, he's singing about relationship, everyday problems. Um, you can check that out. That just dropped. Uh, who a else? more
0: popish note. Yeah. Who you got? Um, Usher. He's releasing Confessions
1: 2. That's going to be whack. The fact that he called it Confessions 2, I already really mean it's going to be whack.
0: I mean, it's a tough album to live up to. Yeah. Because Confessions 1 was really, really good.
1: But how many repeat or or sequel albums have you heard and you was like, yo, this is as good as
0: the first one. But the thing is, is that he's releasing you at a time, like, like we discussed last week, where people are hungry for that type of music. So... Even though it might not be um, the quality might not good, I think there's a um, a market for it, and and people are really really looking to consume something of that, um, you know, caliber. something along that that line
1: of confessions one. Okay, well there you got it, folks. Uh, also, um, Leanne Lahavas Le that that might be a bit too left of center for most people, but she's a sister that kind of talks about uh real life situations and she's a musician as well and I'm going to marry her because she's that beautiful of a person inside and out especially outside yes and uh yeah when i meet her hopefully this summer yeah Y'all gonna see some pictures on Facebook. Shoot your shot. I'm just, I'm, I'm all about shooting shots. Hey, shoot your shot 2019. Shoot every shot. Get your JR Smith on. Don't look at no shot and be like, I can't make that. Shoot it. Shoot it anyway.
0: Don't even look at it. score.
1: No, nah, just, just shoot it. <laughs> don't, don't be aware of any game situation. Just shoot your shot. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and cut it off this week. Um, we're a lot shorter than we were last week by like three minutes. Yes. <laughs> but, it's just hard man it's hard keeping this inside of a certain time frame
0: yes and I said thank you for uh, joining the conversation um, the feedback so far has been great yeah positive, I mean, positive. Um, we look forward to um, hearing more feedback and your ideas and thoughts um, as we continue to grow and build this um, we are building this with you in mind. so I um, said we do appreciate um, you know the love the the um, you know, the adulation, um, your ideas, your thoughts. So, um, thank you. And, um, we appreciate you rocking with us. Peace. God bless.